Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by Sierra McCormick to talk about her latest film, We Need to Do Something. The film is about a family who's seeking shelter from a storm and find themselves trapped in a bathroom for days with no signs of rescue and evil lurking just beyond the walls. This movie is an absolute blast. Um, don't get the, take me wrong. It's dark as hell and definitely not for the faint of heart, but I think this is a movie that if you are a genre fan, if you like horror films, if you like something that's performance-based and really focused on acting, um, while there are more than enough gore shots here to satisfy the Fangoria crowd, I do feel like we need to do something had more on its mind than just those big shocks. And I had a great time watching this. Also had a really good time chatting with Sierra about the film. Um, just a quick note at about 11 minutes into our conversation, completely dropped my internet connection. And you can hear that, uh, there's just a I don't know, maybe like a two second uh, pause when it changes and then it comes back on and I'm apologizing. Um, I was trying to edit around it and make things line up evenly again, but really I felt like it was a lot easier and better just to have this episode with warts and all. And because we do kind of change gears because we were in the middle of somewhat rambling back and forth for, from both of us. So I think that it's a little bit easier just to leave it how it is and let the interview be an honest representation of our conversation. So I hope you enjoy the show and I hope you will check out We Need to Do Something. Thanks. Hi. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate no, it. Oh, happy to. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm in my car right now. I was uh, <laughs> expecting to be at home and I left my uh, left my laptop at home because I had kind of an emergency come up. So, yeah, this is uh, how professional things are following film, sitting here recording it from my car. So, Whatever. I mean, back in the beginning of the pandemic, everyone wasn't wearing pants for their Zoom meetings. <laughs> I'm wearing pants today, but, you know, I, I think the, the nature of the virtual press block is that it can be a little more casual. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it suits me a little bit better. So um, con congratulations on the film. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. time to talk about it. I yeah. just watched it last night and I really, really loved it. This is my favorite Great. kind of genre film, um, one that is absolutely performance-based. And it's just the thing that struck me right away that, um, if, if it's okay, I just dive right into it, Please, is that yeah. it, it almost feels like you and Pat are in completely different movies at times. <laughs> and I really that imbalance because it's so told from your point of view that I'm constantly questioning if this is your perception of him or the reality of this character. And it really kept me guessing right up until the last frame of the movie. And that's really all performance. So all the you know special effects, trickery, horror, all that stuff. I think the thing that's really the, the that you hang your hat on with this film is the performances. Well, thank you. And I, I hadn't thought about that in a little while, actually. But um, part of that, I think, is is great because the like Pat and me, I think, are the two members of the family that are having the biggest disconnect, maybe besides yeah. maybe second to like him and uh, Vanessa, because they're that, that's a whole other thing, like their marriage and yeah. shit. But like, I, I think that, you know, um, Melissa and, and um, Robert kind of have the biggest sort they're the most contentious relationship and they have the biggest disconnect. And I think that you know, kind of our, our different performance aspects. Um, we really tried to kind of narrate that and, you know, illustrate that. Um, so thank you. I appreciate, I'm glad it like came across. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's something that it makes the film 
really rewatchable and something that I will absolutely be revisiting because there's actually a lot to dive into with this film. It's actually, it has a lot more on its mind, I think, than just the, um, the initial scares and the tension because it's right out of the gate. It's immediately a tense film, but this was clearly a thoughtful movie. Um, yeah. What was it about this that attracted you to it? Oh man. I mean, lots of things. Um, so this came to me kind of in the middle of the pandemic. So it had been quite a bit since I'd worked. Um, so, you know, everything was going to have that level kind of attraction to me, you know, kind of regardless. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, in addition to that, in addition to having not worked, it was something that I could really dive into um, and, and do some really um, sort of meaty kind of charactery kind of research work kind of stuff. But uh, beyond that, what really excited me was that it's it's essentially a play. It's it's kind of, you know, it's in one location and it's all about the relationships between these four characters, essentially. And then um, in addition to that, there's the relationship between Melissa and uh, Amy. And that sort of aspect kind of drew me to it because it's this, you know, queer romance in horror and horror doesn't have like the best history track record in terms of queer representation. And I thought the relationship was was very interesting and sweet, but also, you know, toxic. And, and so I thought there was some interesting truth to that perhaps, but um, really the opportunity to work so closely with, um, you know, four other actors in this very um, sort of condensed space with all of this, you know, subtext between all of us uh, was really exciting and attractive to me. Um, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you do things and you want it to have all this meat to sort of dig into and you want it to have all this like subtext and, you know, some things just don't. Um, and so you kind of, you can only do so much with it. And this, you know, the script for um, the movie had so much, you know, it was so clear that there's like so much between these four people in this bathroom that isn't scripted, but you can like infer it. And that's my favorite kind of work to do is when there's all this subtlety and all this tension kind of, you know, brewing underneath the surface, but you know, you're not exactly you know, narrating, illustrating all of that, you know, in this very on the nose way, it's all, you know, through the performance, like you said. Um, and so I thought that'd be just a really like, what a way to sort of flex my acting muscles or kind of exercise them after having been dormant for a little while because of the pandemic was jumping right into this, this crazy, crazy piece with these incredible actors to learn from Pat and Vanessa specifically were just amazing to work with and they give such amazing performances in the film obviously and it was such a treat to observe them and you know be able to do scenes with them um they're incredible scene partners yeah there's not yeah. a weak link in the cast because yeah. and that's so important here you know the yeah. a lot of times you have a film that has a larger cast um you can lean into certain areas and it's it's you know you can get away with it here. If one of the performances <laughs> off your film, just absolutely. No. <laughs> All four of you are on in almost every scene, you know, obviously with exceptions, but yeah, it's the four characters really have to work. Yeah. In the direct scene in that moment, your presence is off screen immediately. Just kind of like everything that's outside the door. You can feel everyone throughout the entire film. So it's a, uh, yeah. you're right. This is the, after being in stasis for a while, I could imagine this is something <laughs> kind of you're you're really jumping back in head first to do a project like this. Was that something that was a little bit nerve wracking for you, or how did you get prepared? Um, I 
I don't know if nerve wracking is, is the right term only because I was just really excited to jump in. Um, and so I kind of don't get nervous or weirded out by things until after I've done them. I kind of just exist and like, I'm just, Oh, we got to get it done. Like we got to just do the thing. And then afterwards I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? Oh my God. Like what if my <laughs> performance sucks? I don't know what the fuck I just did. Like, <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say nerve wracking. I think the shoot and the prep and the nature of when and where like we shot, it made it so that the shoot, like it feels wrong to say it wasn't fun, but it also feels wrong to say it was fun necessarily. Cause it's, you know, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. It's pre-vaccine, you know, pre-election. So, uh, you know, the state of the world was very bleak. Um, and the subject matter of this film is very bleak. Uh, so, <laughs> it was kind of a, a bleak, bleak shoot, despite, you know, the cast and the crew, everyone involved being total angels. And I love them all to death. Like they made it, you know, very, as fun as could be, but the nature of what we were shooting and I think the nature of the world. And then in addition to that, like all the COVID protocol that was really, really strict at that time that we had to follow on set kind of made it so that we went to the soundstage we shot this very like sad bleak situation and then we went back to this gray fucking four wall hotel room and just stared at like a business complex outside um <laughs> so you know i i, I think that I, it, it all kind of exists in this very crazy blur for me now um having been removed from it for a little bit like almost a year or two now um but it, it was still a really rewarding experience, I, I would say. You know, it was very rewarding. It was very um, growth kind of inducing, I think. And it was a wonderful experience and something I hadn't done before, which is always the most attractive thing for me um, when I'm deciding what to do for work. Um, but it, it still, it took a lot out of everyone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I could only imagine that even if you completely remove everything that was actually going on in the world. And you take this movie five <laughs> years from now and you just look back and hopefully this is all a distant memory in this. Yeah, this hopefully. <laughs> we can just say, did that shit really happen? Like, what, what, what was that? I'm hoping that's how we look <laughs> at it. Um, but, it, you know, you take this subject matter and it's pretty, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty hard to, you know, as a dad, there's certain things here that are really hard. For, it's hard for me to watch the relationship with you and your father. And this, it's really, yeah. really me to watch the way that the two of you interact with each other incredibly uncomfortable and then of course as it heightens and certain things happen <laughs> it's by far much worse than anything i thought would happen in the film that's not yeah. weirdly enough and it's i think the word you used is it's the right one i i wouldn't say that i i had fun watching this i really <laughs> did get a lot out of it fun isn't the right word um to describe what i went through watching this movie but it was something i actually did enjoy spending time in this world for an hour and a half. And it was, it's something as simple as like, you touched on this before the idea of how um, queer relationships are hand, handled in horror films. And it's something where that kind of representation it's been mishandled for so long. And it's something where the queer community really embraced horror long before horror em embraced the queer community. And I think we've seen yeah. level set. It's not there yet, but then this is handled in a way that it was, I could project myself into this film so easily, you know, as, you know, th this isn't my story by any means, but a 16 year old straight kid from the suburbs watching this movie, 
I'm watching this thinking, oh, I remember having shitty, shitty relationships at that age that I thought were the end of the world. And when you're first getting scabs and bruises and you're first learning how to love and have those emotions, it's not real love, but you're first feeling it for the first time. It spoke to that so honestly, but in a subtle way, it's not overt. Yeah, I know. And it's it's kind of crazy because it was it was a very I keep saying bleak, but it was a very like, you know, interesting headspace to kind of be in, you know, while we shot this, because it's like, wow, the circumstances are so crazy, you know, like, okay, you know, from day to day, like the the space that I'm in is like, okay, like I'm trapped with my dysfunctional family. Like I'm, I, at least I played it this way. I'm in the closet. My parents don't know, but I feel like my girlfriend is, you know, we're responsible for this horrible thing. And also, I don't know if she's okay or not, and I can't get a hold of her. And, you know, then it morphs into, you know, my dad is like responsible for, you know, me feeling this way and, you know, responsible for a lot of the tension and the conflict in this, you know, in this situation. And then, you know, observing, you know, this, this horrible relationship between your parents. And, you know, I, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that is kind of having to observe this, this sort of, um, dysfunction and you know deal with this sort of dysfunction in a very condensed space and I think during the pandemic a lot of people could relate to that um and then also you know be like my little brother you know like oh like this is my fault in a way and all this guilt that I think Melissa kind of shoulders is something that a lot of people can can sort of project as well it looks like we got him back in I think he might just be connecting to audio one sec awesome yeah I, th- there we go. So sorry about that. Um, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. You were just saying um, you weren't uh, sure about, or you were, your father is responsible for some of the feelings that you're going through is where it cut out for me. So sorry about that. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of what my, what my train <laughs> of thought was uh, there. Cause it's, it's all over the place. Um, well, it doesn't help that my question was very meandering and all over the place also. So um, I'm a meandering ass bitch, so <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think, I think, I, I think I was just talking about um, how there's a lot of different aspects in the movie that I think people can, can project onto or relate to. Um, there's the queer relationship and then just the nature of the relationship and then the nature of, you know, the relationship between everyone in the family kind of trapped in this situation that's very stressful, but then, you know, having to deal with all the dysfunction in your family. Um, and it, it's crazy because like at the time I was thinking, wow, these circumstances are so heightened and insane and they are, but they're, they're done. And, you know, I think Sean was really sort of adept at making this kind of hyper, you know, um, exaggerated, like crazy nightmare scenario kind of be very relatable to a lot of people um, as well. Well, yeah, I think you can put characters in any situation, and as long as their reactions feel honest, as long as their emotions feel honest, the reality of the situation doesn't really matter. We'll go along for the ride. And you can actually yeah. speak deeper truths than if you were standing up on a pedestal and you know all these things that I'm projecting into the movie. If you were saying those things directly through the film, we, I, we would probably reject it as an audience. But yeah. when you have that arm's length distance, it becomes more palatable. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And so then it, what has the reaction been like for this film for you? Cause I feel like this is the kind of movie that could really split people for the exact, <laughs> yeah. that I love it. Um, that I, I really appreciate it when 
I don't get to show up to the table and order exactly what I want. I like it when I sit down and somebody says, no, no, I got this. Yeah, I know what you need more than you know what you need. <laughs> and so yeah. it's, I think people get disappointed because they might expect something to happen with this movie that it doesn't deliver on that and gives you something completely different. And it's much better than the film I would have created. Today's episode of the Following Films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So when I went into Bookman's Day, after speaking with Harry, I wanted to look for Heaven Can Wait. I figured it was a shot in the dark, but I knew that there were three versions of it. So there was the Damamichi version that I'm not even sure what year that came out, but it was the original, I think. I, th- I think that's the original Heaven Can Wait. And then there was the one with Warren Beatty from 78. And then there was a remake that was done by Chris Rock called Down to Earth. And I was open to seeing any of these, all three of these would have been cool. Any one of these, if it would have been there after um, thinking about hereafter, this would have been something I would want to watch. And so fortunately, when I went in, the one that I wanted to see the most, the one with Warren Beatty was actually there. Um, and this movie was directed by Warren Beatty. Um, and it, I think it was nominated for like nine Academy Awards. It's something that in my mind, because this was on HBO a lot when I was a kid, and I think I took this movie for granted for a long time, that I didn't realize how amazing this film is, that how profound and beautifully shot it is. And this is just a great film. And this conversation uh, that I had for Hereafter reminded me of that, and it was something I really wanted to revisit. And this movie is phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, um, definitely do yourself a favor and check it out, because Warren Beatty basically plays a, a quarterback, a backup quarterback for the Rams, and he's about to go into the Super Bowl. And then when he's riding through this tunnel, um, he ends up getting into a car accident and passes away. And so it's about the choices that you make in life and the things that are left unsaid and kind of dealing with that. And um, he refuses to believe that his time was up and he decides to investigate what happened. And it's a really interesting film. Um, and it's something that you should definitely see. If you haven't seen it or you haven't seen it in a long time, like I had since I was a kid, it's one that's definitely worth revisiting. And that's one thing that I really, really love about every time I go into Bookman's that even when I have something very specific in mind or something general, I'm walking the door and there's a good chance that if I might not have the exact thing that I'm looking for, there's going to be something similar to it. And I might end up just stumbling across something that I didn't even know that I was, uh, that I was looking for. So whenever I'm looking for movies, Blu-rays, DVDs, VHS, I always go there first, first place I check out, but also a great place to look for vinyl as well as instruments. They have tons of them. I actually was able to pick up an acoustic bass a couple weeks ago and I've been playing it almost daily since then. Um, but yeah, remember, Bookman's, they have your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. My mind. Yeah, I think the reaction, I mean, I knew going into this um, that it was going to be kind of a very polarizing or it's it's palatable to some people and very not palatable to other people. Um, and you know, that many people are going to dislike it for certain reasons that I actually found not endearing, but like interesting (laughs) because, um, you know, this sounds really horrible, but when I read the script, I was like, oh shit, like they had the guts to actually like kill the kid. Like, (laughs) there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That'll, which is, you know, I reject that, but I appreciate it at the same time. 
yeah, like obviously it's sad and it's horrible and it's gut wrenching, but like that's why, or like there's this sort of contract sometimes that you enter into with a film when it's like, oh, well, the kid's the kid's gonna be okay, you know, like obviously, like the kid can be in peril and they can be in danger and stuff, but like, you know, they have like, you know, morals, they're not gonna do anything to the kid. <laughs> and so it kind of, I don't know, it kind of like leaves it in a way where the stakes aren't very high to me or like it, it's, it's not like terribly realistic because, you know, obviously things happen to children that are horrible. And so this movie, when they actually like really, you know, they, they, the, the little brother like really fucking dies, he dies from the snake bite and it's horrible. And there's all this guilt that I'm, I'm saddling already. And then on top of that, now I'm in this headspace where I'm responsible for my little brother's death. And when I read that, I was like, Oh my God, people, some people are really going to fucking hate that. But like the right (laughs) people, I think are going to appreciate that. Like the film had the, had the sort of guts to, to go that far and to, to be that bleak with it. Um, And so I don't know, like, film people that I've talked to like they really liked the movie like my family didn't necessarily like love it (laughs) um it made them very sad because obviously I'm in a very sad situation for the entire movie almost and so like my sister for example was like I don't I didn't really like that one like you know like it made me feel really sad and I was like yeah yeah (laughs) I was like it's supposed to (laughs) like um but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think only the people that I've really talked to at length about it have been people that liked it a lot. Um, so maybe I'm a little biased on, on that front. I haven't spoken to a lot of people that didn't like it. I, I can just guess that the nature of the film is, is unpalatable to some people. And I understand that. <laughs> well, I could imagine that first time you're reading the screenplay and you see um, the fate of this child, um, you know, that that happens. And then you still have another third of the script left that you still have a, a good chunk yeah when that well, it, happens at that point at the end of the second act essentially it's like okay so what the hell is going to happen after this yeah seriously and it kind of it raised the stakes for me because before it's like okay is this going to be a thing where like they all get out and they like learn something or they've had to deal with each other and that's that's what it is but it's like no like once that happens i'm like okay anything can fucking happen to them <laughs> you know like what once the once the precious adorable like little little brother has has been the sort of sacrifice at the hands of you know whatever's going on outside and whatever forces are kind of you know at play here with this family it's kind of like okay well now anything anything could possibly happen and i and i love that you know um cuz now i was like okay these are some real stakes or like it's it's truly and and it 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 kind of added to my sort of character um character building because you know I have a sibling and you know as an older sibling you kind of inevitably just feel responsible for your younger sibling in a way and then feeling you know responsible for him but then on top of that like feeling all this guilt and all this stress and then feeling like responsible for his death but you have to hide that or like your parents don't know that you feel like you're responsible like that was some very that was a lot of like sort of layers to sort of uh, play and, and uh, portray but that that when I read that I was like oh this is going to be okay like this is there's there's so much shit to be um, to be ruminating on and thinking about uh, during performance and I, I loved that I was just like okay this is this is going to be like a challenge and this is going to hit hit me emotionally in some spots but I was itching to do that because um, like I said I hadn't worked in a little bit because of the pandemic so 
Well, and it's uh, you don't miss a beat. You are absolutely up to the task at hand here, and this is uh, this is one of those films that I will be revisiting. It's not often I see a lot of shit, so it's not often that I want to go back <laughs> and rewatch things. Um, but this is something I didn't have the chance to watch with my wife last night, and we will be absolutely oh. watch this because um, she doesn't want to watch anything where kids are in peril or where anything happens to a dog. Um, uh, and so, well, <laughs> yeah, not not as a way of torturing her by any means, but I think that. There's so it's not just that though that I feel like that this actually most of the time when you see those things in film it's for that exact reaction that you just gave that oh it does that and it doesn't earn it I feel like this movie actually earns all of the devastation these characters go through I feel like it's all based in character and that's what really makes it work um, yeah. that it doesn't feel like it's cheap if that makes sense yeah and I, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Sean director. Um, he really, I think, did a phenomenal job at sort of maintaining the tone that I think kind of allows us to earn some of the horrific shit that we we show you. Um, but then, like, doing it in such a way that it's not just for shock value; it has it's it's weighted in in truth and in you know uh, something very emotionally I think engaging within the family and I think you're right it does earn it kind of in that respect because it's not just for shock value it's it's it follows along with the trajectory and the way these characters behave it's kind of like nothing else could have happened if that makes sense you no, know it, it makes perfect sense the uh and I guess that's the um the takeaway that a lot of us had after the last couple of years around uh, <laughs> was being made that there was an inevitability that, Oh, we're, we're fucked. And I get this. <laughs> as you look at this as a reflection of that time. There's a lot of art that was being made that had that sort of lost feeling at that time. Cause we were all going through that. And this is something that's cathartic in that way. And I, I know you're running out of time and have to run to another interview, but I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time today. And I really yeah. did. Film. And I, you, did, you made something special here and I hope you know that. Well, thank you, Christopher. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, that's wonderful to hear. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
voice crack.